Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, from the Passion Bible, Paul says to this church, My beloved ones, don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. I don't mind repeating. Say repeating. I don't mind repeating what I've already written you because... It protects you. It protects you. Mark chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus said, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own life, and you, and you must be willing to share my cross and experience my cross as your own. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. I, I want to continue last week's sermon and just want to talk to you on the fact of could you Repeat that, please, part two. Uh, we have been journeying. We have a habit as Christians uh, to listen to sermons and then forget them and move on. And the Lord told me, you know, the sermons that were spoken in the month of September and part of October, I want you to remind people of what I said. I want you to repeat it. Uh, someone said repetition is the art of learning. Uh, the word repeat comes from two Latin words, re, which means again, and petere, from which we get our English word petition, and it means to ask for, to strive for. So repeat means to ask for again, or strive for it again. Uh, sort of like our sister said, you know, hey, uh, I know I backslid two times, but I got back up and tried again. Uh, there are three reasons why you repeat something. Number one, you repeat something to get it right. Number two, you repeat something uh, because you enjoyed it. You know, you went on a ride, you went on a trip someplace, so you repeated it. You went there again because you enjoyed it. Or number three, you repeat something because you want to get better at doing something. So uh, what do I want to repeat? In this church, uh, we want to repeat this certain discipline because we want to get it in our memory muscle so that our first reaction, our, our first uh, reflection, uh, reflex rather, is to do this, and that is we are determined uh, in this year of promise and then going into the year of harvest and, and reaching other people, we, we do that out of the context of we want to create here a culture of blessing, a culture of blessing. We, we want to, wherever we are, we want to be a blessing. We define blessing here as empowering others for success. I want to live my life empowering other people for success. And what is success? Success is when I do what God has created me to do. That's what success is. Uh, Stephen Covey said this term that I really liked. And uh, he said this term, he said, 
Many people have climbed the ladder of success only to find out that that ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. We don't want that. When we get to the top of God's ladder of success, we want wholeness in our families, wholeness in our bodies, wholeness in our minds, wholeness in everything we do. So in creating this culture of blessing, we, last week, uh, over the last two weeks, we realized that we wanted to be a blessing to the nations of Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands because we realized that though Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands and all these hurricane victims are no longer in the news, sad to say, and people have forgotten them, but they're still, uh, I was watching 60 Minutes last week, and, uh, and they said that Puerto Rico has been without power now for about almost over 50 days. It is the longest blackout in the history of the United States. So while we're enjoying light and heat and, well, not air conditioning, thank God, oh, I wish we could, uh, uh, these people are still in a place where they have no power. And so I, we challenged, God challenged us to raise $10,000, uh, one for each of these uh, nations. And by the grace of God, we have raised over $10,000 to give to Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. Uh, in fact, money is still coming in, so God is good. And I'm grateful that I pastor a church that wants to, that desires to create a culture of blessing, empowering others for success. So we talked about uh, on Back to School Sunday when we anointed people, and we said that you are appointed, you are anointed, and you are assisted. Tell somebody, you're anointed. anointed. Tell them you're appointed, appointed. and you are assisted. Anointed means that God, appointed means that God knows where to find you. God knows exactly where you are location-wise, emotionally, and mentally. God knows where you are. That's a wonderful thing to know that no matter how lost I feel, God knows where to find me. No matter how many people try to keep me down or keep me away from my destiny, no matter how many people may be plotting against you, God knows where to find you. There is no promotion that will be kept from you if God wants you to have it. He knows where to find you. So turn to somebody and say, stop stressing. Secondly, not only are you appointed, you are anointed, meaning God has strengthened you. He has empowered you. He has given you unique gifts. You have something to offer, no matter how much people have said you don't. You are unique. David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, meaning that God is saying, I created you because there's some things in this world that only you can do. Only you can smile the way you smile. Only you can talk the way you talk. Only you can hug the way you hug. You are unique. Tell somebody next to you. Tell them, my friend, and even if you're not my friend, you are honored to be sitting next to God's masterpiece. 
and snap your finger like that. That's, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. This is no, folks, this is no rah-rah pep talk. This is true. You are the only you. So be the best you can be for God. You are appointed. God knows where to find you. You are anointed. God has empowered you. And you are assisted, meaning that God already has people in place to assist you to get to where he called you to be. Oh, that's wonderful. And that's why um, we, we, we decided to do those appreciation cards. If you remember those little cards that we gave out to tell people, I appreciate you. I thank you. Because people, God is sending, uh, I'll call uh, uh, physical angels in your life. Messengers, like that someone just testified of people they bring in your life to bless you and to do things for you. And you need to express the fact that you appreciate them. And some people feel their lives are worthless. Some people feel as if all they are is an instrument for other people to use. Lord knows uh, many times when I ask a cashier, how's your day going? They're almost shocked because as far as we're concerned, you're there to just no, uh, uh, check out my stuff. I want to hear what you have to say because I'm busy. So somebody in our church, they gave a receptionist one of those cards. Thank you. And they're in they're a pretty high-powered uh, consultant position, but they gave them that card. The person came from around the back the desk, from around the desk, came up and hugged them saying, thank you. I imagine... People come to them daily and said, no, can I, what, no, whose office is such and such in? Uh, what floor is it on? And all they do is, look, all you, I need from you is inf information. I don't even care who you are. I don't care how your day went. I don't care if you lost somebody. I don't care if you have the flu. Just give me the information and shut up and do your job. Now, we don't say that, but that's how we can act towards people. Bag my groceries and keep it moving. Ooh, turn to somebody and say, he's talking about you. <laughs> talking about you. Yeah, it was quiet in here when I said, ooh, it was quiet. It was quiet. Ooh. Yeah, that salesperson wanted to chit-chat. How you doing? I, I'm doing, look, you need to just bag my stuff. Tell me where the shoes. I didn't ask for all that. And Home Depot, can you tell me where the lights are? Oh, I'll show you. No, I didn't ask you to show me. Just point it out because I want to talk to you. Just look straight. I got two more minutes. Lord have mercy. And we said that when we talked about uh, nicknames and how Jesus gave only three of his disciples nicknames, Peter, James, and John. Peter, he called the rock, and James and John, uh, the sons of thunder or the or passionate sons. And we talked about the fact that, that we are deciding that we're not going to do church in rows. We're going to do church in circles. Rows mean all I do is see the back of your head. Doing life in circles. We had the day of service that day, and we just so happened to be sitting around a picnic table at the end of the day, 
at the end of the service, and a couple of people started sharing things about their lives that I would have never learned on a Sunday morning. Being transparent, dropping the guard, being for real, for real. Because church is one of the most fake places you can be. We look at people in their Sunday best and we think that they got it together. And little would we know that the other six days they are a hot mess. I I shouldn't use hot mess anymore because I found out what the hot meant. But anyways, you'll consider that one. But the point is, is that we, 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 we put on an act. We put on our best selves instead of being transparent, instead of being real. We had a wonderful dinner last night, a group of us, and one of the individuals just lift, they, they, they felt, watch this, they felt that we loved them enough that they could put up the shade and say, this is who I really am. This is where I really hurt. And some of us are afraid to do that because I'm wondering if I show Elder Anita who I really am and where I'm vulnerable, will she think differently about me? And many of us don't want to take that risk that all of a sudden, you know, when I pull up the shade and I say, this is what I'm struggling with, and all of a sudden you're not talking to me anymore. You're looking at me sideways. And so we, we continue to hide. But in this church, we do life in circles. I remember someone was sharing with another bishop and said, yeah, Pastor or Bishop Brian said such and such from the pulpit. And he and I, I expressed some, vulner- some vulnerability. And his response was, I would never say that to my people. And this place, this, this position is probably the most hide-and-seek position in the world. Because after all, you're supposed to be the man of God. God speaks to you, so you must be perfect. You must have a perfect marriage. When you, when you get in bed, uh, your wife must call you bishop. <laughs> Actually, she's done. She said, you need to just turn out the light, okay? <laughs> when you turn next to the holy breath, you must come Hallelujah. No, not quite. You need a mint, buddy. <laughs> and then finally, we said failure is not fatal. This is my last point. Failure is not fatal. And we said that if you are going to be successful, you need gems in your life. You need people who are golders, going to push you, people who encourage you, and people who are mentors. You are appointed, you are anointed, and you are assisted. Let me just end with this illustration. Give me the, bas- give me the basketball, because this is basketball season. Let's suppose, and I'm going to be stereotypical because you're 6'4", because could you stand so people, okay, so we know that he plays basketball. And, and so if I give you the ball and you score, what statistic is recorded for you yeah yeah basket or two points okay what statistic is given to me an assist an assist I want to live my life 
helping other people to score. Okay, I want to live my life <laughs> helping other people to score. I want to live my life helping, oh, you said my wife, helping other people to score. Oh, go on, girl. I want to live my life helping other people to score. I want to live my life. Ah. Helping other people to score. And, and sometimes it's a long distance where I have to go way out there. Oh. Ah. Ah. And sometimes you have to really throw high. <laughs> Let's try that again. Ah, helping other people to score. I want to live my life. He's a ball player. Helping other people to score. I want to live my life. Helping other people to score. I want to live my life. Ooh. Go on, girl. Helping other people to score. Helping other people to score. Helping other people to score. My mother's. 82 years old, 81, help her score. Huh? Help another people score. Mother Cummings. She said, give me that ball. She said, give me that ball. Helping other, nice one. Sorry, sir. Helping her. And even though I don't know you, I don't know who you are, but I want to help you score. See? See? So we live our lives. Thank you, sir. We are their sisters. Thank you. So, Father, we thank you for your grace. And Father, we're going to be meeting many people throughout this day, during this week, who need to be assisted. Who, who need somebody to help them to make it to the place that you call them to be. And you've created us. They are appointed because you brought us together with that person. They are anointed. They have something to offer. But maybe you sent me into their lives as your hand to assist them. So, Father, maybe it's a card, maybe it's a smile, maybe it's bringing donuts in for everybody in the job, maybe it's giving somebody a ride, maybe it's putting our arm around somebody and telling them that Jesus loves them. But, Lord, somehow, some way, use us by your Holy Spirit to help other people to score. We honor you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.